Welcome to Good Christophian Talks. I'm Levi. And I'm Chris. And I'm Brian. Thank you for joining us this week. On this podcast, we select one talk a week to help us get the Bible in our daily newsfeed. We post a new episode at the start of each week with a short intro beforehand to kind of set the stage for the talk you're about to listen to. And now, let's talk more about this week's talk. Welcome back. For this week, we're listening to an exhortation that was given by Brother Mick Roberts earlier this year, right after the Idlewild Bible School. And the title of his exhortation is Jesus's Last Words on the Cross. And the focus of Brother Mick's words for this exhortation are one of the ones that is like a classic look at what an exhortation is meant for. He's looking at what are the words that we're thinking about when we partake of the emblems every week. I didn't realize, and this is one of the little nuggets that he shared during his exhortation, while Jesus was on the cross, he only said 50 words less than even what's in the Lord's Prayer. And those phrases are spread across the various gospel accounts of Jesus's crucifixion. I found this to be a really powerful uh, look at the crucifixion of Christ, since it is something that we remember every Sunday. There's lots of times when you've heard different exhortations where you think about Christ's sacrifice and about the things going on around that event. And I just found it to be a really interesting way to look really closely at the words, because every word that Jesus chose and phrase that he spoke carried some significance and some impact uh, for us as those that are reading of it and those that heard it uh, during that that fateful day. So I found it to be a really powerful lesson to look at. He has some good notes as he goes through looking at the meaning and the impact behind each of the phrases that Jesus spoke while he was on the cross. So I would advise you to write those down and take notes as you're going. I found it to be a really powerful thing, something to go back and look at. I'm not going to spoil anything else uh, from his exhortation. I'm going to let you go ahead and listen to that. So uh, as always, thank you for sending in suggestions, for listening, for all the support. Uh, We greatly appreciate it. And with that, I'm going to turn it over to Brother Mick Roberts for his exhortation entitled, Jesus's Last Words on the Cross. But I wanted to take as a theme this morning something that was triggered by a conversation I had a while ago with somebody who who just simply said to me, when we break bread and wine, what do you think about when you've actually partaken of the bread and the wine? What what goes on in your mind? Uh, And I thought, well, that's a strange question because it depends week to week what's been going on. And there may be all sorts of silent prayers and all sorts of things that are passing through my mind. Uh, And I said, well, why? What do you think about? He said, well, this brother said, well, what I find helpful for me is I, I visualize, I go to the foot of the cross. He said, that, that's, that's just what I do. That was his, his moment in silence as he shared the bread and shared the wine. Um, that was his, I won't call it a technique, but that was where his mindset went, that he just felt helped him to focus on what he was doing and why he was doing it. So I thought that's an interesting idea and something which I've tried from time to time. But I also then looked at the idea of, What if I thought about the words that Jesus spoke during those quiet moments when I'm partaking the bread and wine? Now, this is not a test, so don't fear that it's a test that's coming. But when I looked at this, I I, I asked myself the question, well, do I do I know what Jesus said when he was on the cross in those last 
few hours of his life. Because it's only about 50 words that Jesus speaks, which is less than the Lord's Prayer. And we could all stand up now and recite the Lord's Prayer without any hesitation. But the idea is saying, well, could we all stand up and just recite what the Lord said in his last few hours on the cross? I know I would struggle. And I'd also perhaps really struggle thinking, and what was the sequence in which those things were said? But the gospel writers faithfully recorded for us those um, seven statements or phrases, or word, the words that Jesus spoke in his last hours. And you may have looked at it before as a study and you may have explored those sayings and considered their sequence and considered their impact. So it might be that we're going to tread on some familiar ground. But then I had another thought. And the thought was that the things that Jesus spoke on the cross actually may have a different impact on me at different times, depending on what's going on in my life. So the words that I read six months ago or six years ago, when I thought about it, when I thought about those 50 words, they just might land differently this morning or last week or next week if the Lord remains away. So it's a very simple exhortation I want to have us all think about this morning before we share the bread and the wine. And whether you choose to let those words tumble through your mind when we partake of the bread and partake of the wine, that's that's clearly up to you. But it might be in a quiet moment at some point when you just sort of sat there thinking, I've got nothing to do. And I know with Idlewild, that might seem a long way off. But there might be those just moments, just sitting quietly. And just to let those 50 or so words just run through your mind and to see what they're saying to you today. What am I taking from them today that might be exhortational, that might be encouraging, that might be, shall we say, just what I need? So let me just read you those phrases, because if you were reading this week during Matthew, you, you would have read one of them. But Matthew only records one of them. We have to put together John's record and Luke's record to get the seven and to try and put them into some sort of a sequence. So let me just read them to you. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Woman, behold your son. Behold your mother. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I thirst. It is finished. Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit. Now, as I say, it wasn't a test. But just as I read them out to you, you might think, oh, yes, that's right. That's, that comes next and, and that comes next. But the sound of those words that were spoken and faithfully recorded, I think, I think offers an amazing exhortation. And I'm, I'm wanting, I guess, to share with you what I found helpful. I ended up, when I wrote the lister out, of trying to find what would be a word that encapsulates for me that sentence or that statement. And I found I could come up with a word that began with the letter C for each of them. 
So let me share with you what they were. We begin with, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Maybe it's reminding me that there are things that might be going on that right now in my life I'm so close to, I can't see the wider context. When Jesus said, Father, forgive them, they know not what they do. Jesus was clearly one who knew the whole picture. He knew exactly what was going on. He knew that those Roman soldiers were effectively just instruments in his father's hands. And who knows what's going on in our lives right now that we're so close to that because we can't see the context, we're scared. Jesus wasn't. But that moment when he's being taken, ready for execution, he's talking about forgiveness because he can see context. Brothers and sisters, do you and I sometimes lose context? And we need to remember context. When Jesus said, assuredly, I say to you today, you will be with me in paradise. Now, of course, we don't know the backstory that we desperately want about that thief that was on the cross alongside the Lord Jesus. But there is Jesus in his agony extending words which would have provided comfort to that man. We know from the conversation that's recorded that he had an appreciation. Maybe he had heard the master speak before and knew that he was deserving, whereas the Lord Jesus wasn't deserving. And in his agony, Jesus wasn't focused on himself. He was focused on the needs of others. He was reaching out. He was perhaps responding to the agony and the cries that they were making as they also hung on their crosses. And Jesus speaks words of comfort. I wonder what it would have meant to a man in his final hours of life to hear from the Lord Jesus those words. Assuredly, without doubt, because of that act of faith, the man who was ultimately baptized into the death of Christ at that moment, you'll be with me in paradise. Well, what is it, brothers and sisters, that the Lord is saying to you and saying to me that even though we might be in great distress like the thief, incomparable perhaps in its physical pain, but maybe in the mental stresses and strains that we're feeling. And we just need to hear and take comfort when the Lord speaks to us. Assuredly, certainly, don't doubt you'll be with me in paradise. Let's just look at some words. We'll look at one or two of them. We'll look at John for a moment. John 19. Because we have the amazing words that Jesus speaks to his mother and his disciple, which we believe to be John. 
There they are, it says in verse 25 of John 19, at the foot of the cross. And Jesus speaks. Woman, behold your son. And to the disciple, behold your mother. Now, what's that saying to you and me, brothers and sisters, this morning? It may have said something to us before, and it may say something different next week. But what's it saying to you this morning about relationships, about the importance of care? That's that, or my third C. That Jesus at this time was concerned about the welfare and well-being of those who were near to him and the importance of placing on them a responsibility of relationship. Woman, behold your son, and to the disciple, behold your mother. We could read that initially and just say, I'm wanting John to look after my mum, which in itself is wonderful, given that he knows the distress that his mother would have been in. We know how much distress she was in the last time he got lost in Jerusalem. And she and her husband, Joseph, were beside themselves when they didn't know where he was. But he's also saying, woman, behold your son. Maybe there's a mutual need. There's a mutual support. There's a mutual care which is made possible because Jesus has given the instruction. So who needs you or I to reach out? Because I need to look at my brother, behold, my sister, behold, my brother. We get the example, don't we, and the encouragement in the letters of treating the older as mothers in the ecclesia. And when when we read the, the writings to my dear children, that sense of the family that we are. So is Jesus also speaking to me today about taking care of my brothers and my sisters my elders and my younger ones. We then have Jesus crying out those words. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And of course, on the surface, when we read it, we, we could easily take it as the Lord has suddenly, his faith has collapsed. But we know it hadn't. Because when we read all of that Psalm 22, we know that it goes on to speak of the fact that he has been answered. His cry has been heard, it says in verse 24 of Psalm 22. So when Jesus speaks that Psalm, I think he's confirming not an anxiety that he's been forsaken, but a contentment that these things are being worked out and that his father has heard him and does know his circumstance and does appreciate his situation. So brothers and sisters, are, are you content? Are you finding contentment even in the struggles that we might be facing? Have you forgotten that the Lord does hear? Our Father does hear. We've read in Romans, we, we cry out, Abba, Father, just like the Lord did. And we cry out not in desperation, but we cry out in confirmation. We cry out content that we're being listened to. 
if your Bibles are still open in John and 19 and at verse 28, after this, Jesus, knowing all things were now accomplished, that the scripture might be fulfilled, said, I thirst. Now, we could read that in two ways, couldn't we? We could read it as being the man who is understanding of what scripture was prophesied. So to fulfill that prophecy, he calls out and they bring him that vessel, the sponge, the wine and vinegar. So it could be in that sense. So we might say the Lord is in control at this moment. When he cries out, I thirst. It could be that he also knows that he wants to have a voice that's loud enough to be heard. When he cries out his next statement, he's in control. That's the main thing, brothers and sisters. And isn't it phenomenal when we just pause and think about all the agony which the Lord is going through, that the man is in control. Give me something that I might drink. I thirst. Fulfilling prophecy, but giving him the voice that enables him to cry out the next statement. It is finished. And, and, and it's so loud and clear that everybody would have heard it who was there. And he wanted everybody to know. It's something which he himself, of course, had said a little earlier in John uh, chapter 17. I have finished the work which you have given me to do. And now on the cross, he's making sure if you missed it, it's finished. That provision. Nothing has been left undone. It's completion. Brothers and sisters, what have you and I left incomplete that needs to be done in the Lord's service? The example that we've got is a man who finished. Are you and I in control, as it were? Well, we know that the Lord is in control, but are we letting him take control of us, that we make the right choices and do the right things? And his final words, Father, into your hand, I commit my spirit. Commitment in the ultimate sense. The complete example of trust, not a desire to hang on and fight, to hold on to life, which is what it is in our DNA. It's, it's the natural response that if we're drowning, we fight to save ourselves. But for Jesus, there was no fight. There was commitment. I commend my spirit. I commend my life. I have poured out all that I have to give. Fifty or so words. But spoken and recorded for our learning. So are we seeing context? Are we drawing comfort? Are we inspired by his example of care? Are we content? Are we controlling ourselves?
completing the work and making that commitment. Now, we said those 50 words might be 50 words that might wash around our mind when we share the bread and wine. If not now, then maybe those 50 words can wash around this week. When there's a moment when we just need to pause and reflect on what we have done together this morning. What a privilege, brothers and sisters, that wherever we are, whatever we're doing, however low we might feel, that in effect, the Lord has given us a mind that enables us to listen to the Son of God speaking at the end of his life. I think that's an amazing privilege and an amazing blessing, which I know I don't listen to half as much as I ought to. As I sit down, brothers and sisters, I'll remind you that whilst, of course, those are the last words that were spoken on the cross, they're not the last words that we have recorded that he said. And as we share the bread and wine, we can look forward because he also said, surely I'm coming quickly. Thank you for listening to the Good Christadelphian Talks podcast. We hope this talk helped you in your walk. If you would like to hear more, please subscribe for new episodes and leave a review in Apple Podcast or whichever service you are using to help more people find the show when they search for it. If you enjoyed this particular talk, please share it with someone who you think might enjoy it as well. For show notes on the talk you just listened to, visit our show page at anchor.fm GCT or check the show notes section of your podcast player. Please share your thoughts on the talk from this week on our Facebook or Instagram pages, where we are at Good Christadelphian Talks, on Twitter, where we are at GCT underscore podcast, or leave a comment on our YouTube channel where these talks are posted as well. If you know of a great talk, we want to know about it too. Send a suggestion to our email at goodchristadelphiantalks at gmail.com or message us on any of our social media accounts. Thank you for listening. God bless and talk to you next week.